I mean, I'm counting on them being Luddites because I'm out there about it publicly. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's like a good portion of my family still doesn't know. And if they find out, then we'll deal with it then. The first guy I ever hooked up with, actually, after I started stripping, I told him, I think the third time I met up with him, I was like, hey, I got to tell you this thing that I just started doing. I'm really nervous about how you think about it. And then I told him and he just like laughed. He's like, oh, girl, don't even worry about it. I once came in a shoe for $200. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like died. I was like, wait, what? He's like, oh, I mean, I used to work in porn. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Hard and Soft, a podcast where we explore the world of sex and love as a college student. In my case, sex is super easy to come by, but love, eh, not so much. Hi, I'm Chris, and I am hard as fuck all the time. <laughs> I can't seem to catch Romantic Break, and it's turned me into Grinder's number one customer, a pessimistic hoe. <laughs> uh, I've never been in love. I've only been an ass. And hi, I'm Josh. I'm soft. I'm a hopeless romantic. I have a list of date night ideas on my phone right now as we speak. And I cried to Hidden Figures five times last week. It's fine. This is fine. <laughs> so Hard and Soft is a podcast where we're going to talk about sex stories, love stories that you wouldn't normally hear from people that don't normally get a platform that they deserve. So we're going to bring guests that you would want to hear from, guests that we want to hear from, and guests that could even be you. Like, there are so many new perspectives, so many new voices, so many underrepresented voices that I feel need to be put out there in the same way that Sex on Tuesday was. And this is a perfect platform for us to do it. We get to talk to people who have really interesting, really new perspectives, and they don't get to really talk about it. So, Josh, would you ever be a stripper? No. Why? I just... I don't have the body for it. That's you, so terrifying. Do you? No, I'm disgusting. No. But you know what annoys me the most? It's when fuckers say, I could drop out of Cal and be a stripper. <laughs> Bitch, you can't. Oh like, my God. <laughs> Being a stripper requires so much talent. Jesus Christ. It's hard. It's an underrated job. Mm -hmm. It's underappreciated. And people who do it often get treated with so much disrespect. And like being a student at the same time. Like... It's hard. Yeah. There's a study that was done by Leeds University of 300 or so strippers, and they found that, like, nearly a third of them were working to get a degree. A quarter of them already had a degree. To suggest that, like, being a stripper means that you have to drop out of school is ridiculous. People can do both. People oftentimes do both. Especially at Berkeley, where internships are, like, a hot commodity, and everyone's kind of comparing what jobs they got like measuring dicks um <laughs> when you go to the career center you don't really get advice from a from an advisor saying oh this is what you should be doing i think you'd be perfect for being a stripper so today we want to explore that realm of professionalism and see how it intersects with romance today we have trixie maribon on the show she's a cal student she's majoring in linguistics she's worked as a stripper and she was sex on tuesday a couple semesters ago I mean, this is Trixie's narrative. If you can relate to it, great. If you can't, you know, take that with a grain of salt and enjoy it for what it is because it's her story and we want to share it with you. She's done a phenomenal job of deconstructing what it's like to be a sex worker, destigmatizing it and making it visible for all the students here at Cal who may not have known that people do sex work and that's a viable career as a student. I started writing Sex on Tuesday because of Trixie. She did such a wonderful job spring 2016 that she kind of encouraged me to pursue the same thing. So we're really happy to have you on the show, Trixie. Oh, thank you. I'd like to interject that actually you were the one who got me, because you were like, oh, girl, you're looking fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've just been a fan of you from day one. So oh, Thank you. <laughs> so in your Sex on Tuesday columns, you've discussed about being a stripper as a student. 
Can you tell us a little bit about how you got started as a sex worker? So actually, I had been at Cal for a year as a transfer student, and I was really struggling for money. I like just very low income, like did not have enough money to literally buy food or make rent. And so I was obviously not doing well in my classes because I, you know, couldn't even buy food. And that's a lot more important than getting that A. And it just sort of came to a head one summer when the school told me that they had given me a loan, I think two semesters previously, that was actually, I wasn't qualified for. So they asked for, I believe it was 2800 back. And they said that I had to pay that loan back before I could get another loan. I was in this really weird catch-22 situation and piled on top of feeling like I had no resources at Cal and feeling like I had no support and I had no money. I was just done and uh, got really depressed for about six months until an ex-girlfriend of mine got in contact with me and told me she could help me get a job. And she did not work as a bartender like I thought she did. She worked as a stripper and helped me practice via the audition, told me what to expect. And I, about two days later, went in, auditioned, and landed it. The nerves for the audition were one thing. But when there's no like lesson to to learn how to do a lap dance, they just throw you out there. So I think definitely my first week I had no fucking clue what I was doing. <laughs> um, Were you like falling off the pole and like face planting or like how embarrassing? I've done that a couple times. <laughs> um, uh, but it was it was more just talking to customers. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to talk to thirty something year old men and expect to make any sort of sale out of them. At first, it seemed really silly to even expect a sale out of them because these are things that girls do, honestly, at nightclubs and don't get paid for it. But it was also a lot of opportunities to learn how to deal with my nerves as someone who has social anxiety. At what point did you just get out there and be like, I am a stripper? Um, Well, at first, I was very proud of it. I was like, oh, my God, guys, guess what I started doing? (laughs) Uh, And then I started getting a lot of backlash. I lost a lot of friends. A lot of people who didn't immediately drop off as my friend just became really condescending in a lot of ways and started telling me how to live my life and didn't appreciate that I still had my own views on things. So I really quieted down. I didn't tell anyone in my family until about a year and a half. Honestly, they kind of guessed. They're, they're smart. Um, <laughs> my family, I'll, not all of them know. I mean, I'm counting on them being Luddites because I'm out there about it publicly. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's like a good portion of my family still doesn't know. And if they find out, then we'll deal with it then. But I'm still not out to everybody. Um, I'm still careful about who I tell. And it's kind of a case-by-case basis. Yeah. So tell us about a schlub that's come into your club and just fuck shit up. That's a question I get asked a lot. The more interesting answer is not to actually tell people about, like, sometime that some guy was rude to me. But the schlubs who come in are men that you know. The schlubs who come in who are rude, they're your dad. They're your uncle. They're your professor. You know, it's, it's regular people who just let their boundaries go when they shouldn't. So the worst experiences I've had um, were actually not from men within the club. The worst experiences I've had from some fucking schlub were outside the club, were from men who I knew, men who I'm related to. I've seen them do horrible things. It's really just regular men. You mentioned making a sale on a job. So how do you nail down a good sale? What are the tips and tricks to being tricksy? I think, well, one of the things I had to tell my friend, actually, who's auditioning this week, is that as very highly empathetic people, it's not about really connecting with the people. It's about pseudo-connecting. It's connecting enough that they can tell 
that you could connect with them and bringing that conversation around to where you want it. Being like, oh, what do you do for fun outside the club? Oh, you go golfing? Wow. (laughs) And then it's like, so are you going to have some fun while you're here? Cool, let's go upstairs. Pay me. (laughs) So it's it's about asking their interest. It's making them feel good. Um, I was a cog sci major for a long time, so I took some psych classes and I learned little tricks. Like you get people to say yes a bunch of times before you ask them the question that you want them to say yes to. There's a lot of little stuff like that that, I've just learned over the years what works and what doesn't. Wow. Mm-hmm. So using your cog site training in the club. Wow. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to some hardcore dating stuff yes. and how being a sex worker kind of impacts your dating life. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> has being a stripper made love more accessible or has it made it more difficult? You've, ex- you've talked about, like, making pseudo-connections. Is that, like, a thing that, you know, has led to real tangible connections? Yeah, within the club... I mean, some people definitely do meet boyfriends within the club. They they meet some customer and they get his number and they text back and forth. And what do you know? They're on a date the next week. Honestly, if you're trying to go into the club, find a girlfriend, it's not going to happen. This happens once every three blue moons that someone actually like can date a stripper. But for me, I have gone on dates with people that like I first saw in the club and then I ran into them outside the club somewhere. And then I'm like, hey, actually, you were really cool. Let's hang out sometime. Um... And it really doesn't move beyond that very surface level interaction. I think because they're conditioned to expect me to facilitate their comfort and their sexuality, which within the club I'm doing for compensation, but outside the club they just can't get out of that mental script. Um, So I am open to making friends and like maybe a network connection with someone I meet at the club like hey you want a junior paralegal for your firm let me know Um, (laughs) get that LinkedIn connection exactly exactly. (laughs) but as far as dates go I'm definitely not open to that so when you meet somebody who doesn't know about your line of work do you tell them off the bat do you present it like that or are you like waiting for five dates in and then you sit them down you're like listen (laughs) I'm a stripper and I'm probably richer than you (laughs) well I have never dated someone who didn't have a problem with it I mean honestly there are people who I've I've like dated or hooked up with for a couple months and it didn't come up but I have no doubt in my mind that it would have come up because every long-term relationship I've had it either comes up at the beginning or it comes up nine months in and it's like well why didn't you tell me (laughs) and it's just at that point just this grudge or this insecurity that's been built up it's definitely definitely impacted my sex life and my dating life for sure I think the funniest response I ever got was the first guy I ever hooked up with, actually, after I started stripping. I told him, I think the third time I met up with him, I was like, hey, I got to tell you this thing that I just started doing. I'm really nervous about how you think about it. And then I told him and he just like laughed. He's like, oh, girl, don't even worry about it. I once came in a shoe for $200. (laughs) (laughs) And and I just like died. I was like, wait, what? And he's like, oh, I mean, I used to work in porn. (laughs) Um, So that was really funny. Um, That has never happened again. Um, That guy was great. Uh, We just kind of stayed friends. Like did he ever never... come in your shoes? He didn't. Um, he, Sad. He, he came in other places. Um, <laughs> um, he's, I mean, that guy's great. Um, we were, like, woefully incompatible, um, but, like, like, but, like, remained friends, you know? Um, but I think the best way beyond telling me that you are a sex worker yourself, um, and not, a, not even all sex workers are non-problematic, to be honest. Um, so I think the best way that someone could respond would just to be, like, 
oh, cool, that's what's up. And then let me talk about it if I want to. And if not, just be like, I recognize that you work hard and move on. I think my response was like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I just started clapping. <laughs> I do remember that, actually. <laughs> um, uh, but that was, uh, that was a little bit different. Like, I think, it's, I think it's different also. It depends on who it's coming from. Like, you are pretty um, visibly queer to me. Like, I, I mean, I have pretty good gaydar. But um, I think when it comes from people who are obviously allies, um, it's, you know, like, yes, like celebration is definitely welcome if they're allies. But I think celebration often turns into voyeurism where they're like, oh, my God, tell me about this one thing. Like, ooh, do you really get into that? Like, uh-huh. and then it turns into, you know, often turns into kind of grosser stuff. Like, oh, gross. You let them touch your ass. Like stuff like that, you know. <laughs> and then they go and tell their friends. They're like, oh, Trixie, my stripper friend. Exactly. Uh, and then the stripper gets attached to your name and then that becomes who you are to them. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Ew. Like your label yeah. shouldn't be my stripper friend, Trixie. It should be my really good friend tricks. Exactly. I would love for that to happen, yes. <laughs> so on a larger scale, has it impacted your views on romance? Do you believe in, like, happily ever after, that kind of thing? Um, yeah, I would say I, I, uh, I sort of vacillate on that, honestly. <laughs> um, I, I do. I think, like, I think people forget that um, strippers are just people. Like, honestly, at the end of the day, I am a 24-year-old uh, who does eventually want to have that real companion partner for life. Like, who knows if that exists? But, like, I at least want that for 10 years. Um, <laughs> you know? Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I do, I think it's possible. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm like everybody else. I get burned, and then I'm like, you know, fuck men. Fuck, you know, the dating scene in general. I don't even... I don't even want to date women either right now. You know what? Like, I'm just going to fuck you and move on. Like, I think we all go through phases like that. Um, and I certainly am not um, apart from that. I'm, like, still stuck in that phase. <laughs> I don't know if it'll ever end. No, oh, honey, it'll happen. When? Where are you at? Soon. 2017 is the year of realizing things. So, do you still like romantic shit, like going on picnics and, like, candlelit dinners and shit? Or are you kind of just, like... A transactional sort of a thing when it comes to dating like does your profession kind of lead into the way you manifest when you're dating others um it does but i think not in the same way that you would expect um i'm actually a huge romantic um i think because i experience what it is to be hard all the time like <laughs> not la- not hard <laughs> i mean sometimes i get pretty horny but um, um but like uh you know i am I am very transactional at work all the time. Um, I'm very much like, if you're not giving me what I want, I'm gone. I mean, on a bad night, maybe I don't do that as much as I should. But, like, <laughs> you know, that's that's what I practice. And I think that if I hadn't been a stripper, I would have stayed in that place a lot longer. But being a stripper, I see how, honestly, how repetitive um, being hard and emotionally unavailable can be. Um, and so it's made me value that that vulnerability that you can have with someone that you've been with for a while that you can you can see their face light up when you bring them the food that you know they like and um so yeah I'm actually a very deep deep romantic but um I'm pretty careful about who I show that to um most most men when they start dating me don't see that they see only the the strong independent woman 
uh, who's making her way through school and they see a pretty one dimensional view of me. Um, and I think that's the case with a lot of, of sex workers is people don't really take their emotions or that or their emotional side very seriously. So from softy to softy, <laughs> what's like, what's the best that you've ever been on? What's the most like, you know, imaginative, creative, like, you know, thing that somebody's ever done for you, like something that shows that they know you well and that they care about you and like something just sweet as hell. Um, hmm, that someone I've dated or mm-hmm. a friend? Um, Honestly, either, but rom- like more, more like sexy on me, like, <laughs> like a dating situation. Honestly, food. <laughs> um, I um, I, or really something to do with um, being Persian. I'm, I'm Persian. It's very important to my identity. Um, so yeah, someone, someone shows me that they, they know that I'm into this part of my culture, and they make me food for that or they they come to like a new year's event with me our new year is in march um or you know even not even that like i'm a nerd you know like <laughs> if like i'm more nerdy than most people expect like you know they're like oh i know you like comic books so i bought you this hardcover copy of this series that i know you would like um let's watch star wars together something like that like oh, right a freak <laughs> like that <laughs> <laughs> um so um yeah, I think when people can see that I do, uh, I do have like very hard aspects of my personality. Like it's mostly just at work. Um, when they can see that and accept it, but then also see the soft side of me, that's I think that's the sweet spot. That's very hard to get to, to be honest. <laughs> it's like the G spot of your heart. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? Since we're on the subject of like, you know, people trying to get to know more about you, like people who, like. What's one thing that you wish potential partners or even, you know, like potential friends knew about you, your work, like anything about you that you wish people could learn more about that, like they just don't for some reason? Mm, I don't know if there's like one specific fact. I think there's like an attitude that people can have when they approach it. Um, And I think that's respect. I think that really comes down to care and respect and... um, which maybe could be said as like empathy and respect. Uh, I one of my friends recently told me she's like, you know, people when they meet you and they want to date you, they they don't they don't see that you're someone who shouldn't be fucked with, um, and they don't like respect you right off the bat. And like without that respect, they don't see all of you that's there. Um, so I I think that people res- like they approach stripping and they're like oh haha that's so funny you're a stripper oh my god um, <laughs> and you know they tell their roommates and the roommates are like what like I really oh my god that's so funny like she can't be real and then, <laughs> um, and then they meet me and they're like oh actually you like baking pies like oh okay um, and you're kind of boring and you're a cat lady all right um, so I I think if you just uh, come at it with uh, just the respect that you would approach another person as someone who is complex and has different sides to them. I think I think that's how I would appreciate if the industry were approached and if sex workers in general were approached. Um, because we all have different stories as to, you know, what we're doing with it, if we're career sex workers, if um, we're trying to do something specific. Um, and... Um, yeah, I I think the respect and empathy is what I I wish people had more of. Yeah. 
I always come to Trixie with dick advice because she seems to know more than I do. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, do I though? Actually, you do. You know more about like everything. You take me to the gym. You're like my personal trainer. You're like. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, um, I'm always happy to give uh, blowjob tips. I learned how to do. uh, Honestly, I learned my best blowjob tips like from the locker room. Just girls being... At the RSF or... No, no, oh. no, 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 no. Locker room at work. Um, oh, <laughs> girls just being like, oh, and then, you know what? If he says he doesn't like blowjobs, just do this to him. And some of the advice was fucking awful, Wait. let me tell you. But some of it, I was like, all right, I'll try that. And I gave it a go. And I was like, well, that worked. <laughs> What's the best one? I'm curious. Uh, The best blowjob advice? Yes. Um, oh, actually, I think it would be that, like, so it's like, if you want to get the guy harder faster... um. Or actually, I want to re-answer that. So, um, I so I would say like best advice I've gotten, um, like blowjob wise, is like if you want to like get the dick harder faster, then um, you like put more pressure on the pull, and then you kind of are light light on the way down. So you're actually pulling the blood up to the top of the dick. Um, so this also this works really well if you have like a guy who can't keep it up or you know if he's older or whatever or if he's like drunk. I mean sometimes that's its own thing. But like um, but yeah if you want to get them harder faster pull up a little harder than you than you like pretty much like pull up firmly not like too firm. Don't break the dick. Like rip it but off. like um, and then gentle on the way down. Yep. So like a manual erection. Mm-hmm. Like you're milking. Exactly. Oh so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you heard it here Josh, first. like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to try this yeah. guy. Milk the dick, everybody. <laughs> Happy to help. Hashtag milk the dick. Um, is, there a, is there a question I can ask you, too? Yeah, for sure. This is Ashley Grace Vo, our executive producer. Our pod mother, our head bench in charge. We love Ashley. I love Ashley. So something that I've been thinking about myself is what are you going to tell them if you ever tell them your children? You know, I've I've wondered that. But then I think of like, you know, when people had like that grandma who was a showgirl back in the 20s and they're super proud of her. They're like, look at my grandma. She was so glamorous. She was a showgirl. She wore feathers on her head. Honestly, I feel like strippers are the showgirls of our generation. You know, if I have kids and they... They're, you know, they tell their friends that, like, mommy used to wear eight-inch heels. Um, (laughs) um, And then, you know, their friends tell their parents and their parents have a problem with it. I'll be like, you know, I worked really hard for what I have. And if you got a problem with that, you know, you can just fuck all the way off. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I'll tell my kids that sex is sex and sexuality is, is something that can be capitalized on. It's not something everyone wants to capitalize on and that's okay there's absolutely no problem with not being a sex worker um with not being comfortable being a sex worker and there's absolutely no problem with being one either i think it comes down to um again empathy with where people are in their lives and just an openness to seeing other people's perspectives Hard and Soft is a Daily Californian podcast. It was produced by Nathaniel Mahold, Ashley Grace Vo, Michelle Lee, and Charming Chong. We really want to shout out our production team that has put in hours of effort into this project. We really love them and we really appreciate them. And we couldn't do this podcast without them. Thank you so much. See, me and Josh couldn't talk about something like this by ourselves. So that's why we need people like Trixie and people like you to reach out to us with any ideas that you want to explore. What do you talk about with nobody else? Contact us at multimedia at dailycal.org. For more information and pitch out to us, please, God. Please.
And subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever else you can get your fucking podcasts. We're probably on it, so check it out. And now we are moving to Sundays. So check us out again, February 26th, this upcoming Sunday for our next episode, and we hope to see you there. Thank you, everybody. Love you. Bye.